0: Welcome to the Real Estate 401 K Show. Here are your hosts Ryan Gertis, Mike Weinstein, and Justin Frederick, helping you build a legacy of wealth through real estate. Powered by the Recon Group at West USA and the Frederick team with Fairway Mortgage, NMLS number six two five nine one eight. You know, I know that this is not gonna come as a shock to the both of you, but I flippin' love me some jack in the box. Okay, the Jumbo Jack is one of to me one of the best
1: Best. <laughs> see what I did there? You like it? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so Go mo- on. <laughs> so, of course you thinking about a burger. <laughs> <laughs> so moving
0: on from the Jumbo Jack, in our world, in the world of real estate, there is a loan product that we refer to is, as a jumbo loan. Uh, Justin walk us through it what when does a purchase become and require a jumbo loan product what is it and how different is it if there are any differences with
2: rates from a traditional conventional loan so any loan over 7 hundred twenty six thousand two hundred becomes a jumbo loan so the loan amount not the not the purchase price um, they're they're very different they're they're it's, it's kind of like home equity lines of credit, how it's, it's private money. Um, so we're getting these products from all over the place, different banks, uh, different entities making, uh, these jumbo products and they all have different guidelines. Um, some of them are similar and they can be very similar, but very dissimilar at the same time. Um, down payment requirements are different. Uh, sometimes with low down payments, you can get away without mortgage insurance on these products, just depending on what they they require. Um, loan sizes will have a difference. Uh, some of them will have max loan amounts of, let's just say 1.5 million. And some of these loan products will go up to uh, super uh, jumbo products, so we're talking six million. Okay, so we can get into interest rates in a
0: minute, but why would I, because I think traditionally people think, hey, if I'm gonna go out and buy a luxury home, I'm gonna mm-hmm. buy a house in the in the million dollar range, why wouldn't I get a first and a second? Because we were hammering those things out in, in the mid 2000s, You know, yeah. everything was a first and a second, as opposed to a jumbo loan, is there
2: a benefit of one over the other? Well, great question. Back in the early 2000s or or even up until basically 2020, your traditional second mortgage or home equity line of credit was running in the sub four range on interest rates. Um, In today's market, you're seeing majority of second mortgages run from 9% all the way up to, I've seen some 16% in, in second mortgages. So, if you're able to obtain a, a a first mortgage with a much lower interest rate, then it just makes sense. So to support what Justin is saying, um,
0: you know, in our world and what I've seen with our clients, uh, jumbo products, jumbo loans are not created equal. Um, and so if you if, if you've got a quote from a bank for a Jumbo product, or you want to learn more about a Jumbo loan and how you can leverage that and how it can benefit your home buying process, go ahead and text the word JUMBO to 623-AZ-RECON. Again, text the word JUMBO to 623-AZ-RECON.
1: I think one of the big differentiators there, too, is where you live. So the numbers that you're putting out right now are just for Maricopa or for Arizona as a whole?
2: Well, it's it's, it's for the country. However, there's areas where there's... uh, high balance conforming limits where you're you're able to go beyond the, that 726, 200, um, you know, like yeah, California, Washington. yeah, if I'm in San places. Francisco, then
1: yeah. 7, 762 barely gets me a one-bedroom. We <laughs> you know, yeah, didn't get yeah, you a studio. Yeah. Belt, right. like, yeah. So right. they're, they're going to be different everywhere. So – what like what do they base it off of, and 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 how do those numbers? How often do those numbers change? Because we just had an adjustment on that what a year ago, uh,
2: December, uh, and and they're trying to prepare it for uh, the first of the year. They try to get those numbers out, um, and you know what? I don't really know how they come up with those numbers, um, but we've seen significant differences in the last, let's just say, five six years on those numbers. And I mean, I remember when. Uh, four seventeen. It was four seventeen for yeah, like mm-hmm. fifteen years. <laughs> was, um, geez. so yeah, yeah, it was nice to start getting those those limits increase. My house cost started... me
0: five forty. I couldn't imagine having to get a jumbo loan. Right, right. right. Yeah. You know, right. It's mind boggling.
1: And especially with the values here in the valley over the past decade, I mean, they've more than doubled. You know, depending on when you entered or, or exited the market. So, are they keeping up, or is it generally like one of those things where? They're 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 falling behind.
2: No, they're they're tending to keep up, and there's been talks even earlier this year where they were talking about increasing that limit mid-year, which is something that we've I don't think we've ever seen them do. Um, but a jumbo product is is not always a bad thing. Some there's been periods of time when the rates started going up that jumbo products were actually much cheaper than uh, conventional products. I remember um, that. So we were. Some of these jumbo products had minimum loan amounts of 250,000. So we would put people in jumbo products just to get them a
1: stellar rate. So who's governing it? Is it the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac or is it the non-conforming side that's actually? governing It's the
2: non-conforming side. so whatever the money's coming from, for instance, like a Wells Fargo uh, Citibank, we, that, those are some of the products that we get. Uh, JP Morgan Chase. Um, uh, U.S. Bank. Those are some of the the uh, jumbo products that we use, um, and then we have our own. And there's there's other wild names out there like Redwood, or that's a very common jumbo product. Um, but uh, there needs to be one called Jumbo Jack. Jumbo like Jack. That, that, like we need. I want to take With the uh, Jumbo Jack yeah. alone, please.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you'd like some more information about. Uh, jumbo loan products or information about jumbo jacks either way text the word jumbo to six two three az recon again text the word jumbo to six two three az recon um before we got behind the mics uh we were talking about a a client of yours and i want to talk about the importance when you're talking about jumbo products uh i mean down payment right now in this
2: market is everything Big deal when it comes to jumbo loans. So this gentleman came to me. Um, he had been shopping around for jumbo products. And he came to me and he's like, I want to put 10% down or 25% down on a purchase. Not too sure. Um, he's he's going to be uh, purchasing the home and then he's selling a business. So he's going to end up uh, paying off the loan in six months. So our goal here was very little closing cost at all. Um, Because he's not going to recoup those if he's going to pay it off in six months. I don't want him to buy down points or anything like that. So we started looking at no point loans. And at 10% down, uh, one of the products that was offering was 10% interest rate, which was just brutal. You know, it came with no mortgage insurance, but still, that's insane. (laughs) That's insane. When we're talking about the difference, we we were looking at a 25% down product. And we had a a 7% um, with zero points. Actually, it came with a nice credit to help pay for his closing costs. Um, And as long as he had the funds, and he does have the funds, it it makes much more sense. We're talking about a difference on the P&I payment. Of fifty seven hundred dollars a month.
0: Yeah, because I'm I'm all in favor of keeping as much of my cash as possible. But at some point, a ten percent interest rate in this specific scenario is going. It, it's a it's a terrible financial investment.
2: Well, I I think it. it you know, he's only going to have it for six months. So if he had to come along with closing yeah. costs, if we didn't have a credit, depending on what his money was doing for him, maybe it would make sense. But Man, just to take a ten percent. All right. Again, if you'd like some more information about First Jumbo Loans, uh, text the word
0: Jumbo to six two three AZ Recon. I feel like I'm saying that with a little Texas swagger. Text the word Jumbo, or <laughs> that's not it. Either
1: way, <laughs> well, everything's bigger in Texas. Moving right along. Now that I've uh,
0: butchered this portion of the podcast. Oh no, I think you added to it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so depending, you know, it's um, it's like what year uh, are you know your birth year. Are you a millennial? And you can talk to a million people and get a million different answers. And so you can talk to 100 agents and say, at what point, as far as purchase price goes, does that home become a luxury home? You know, And some people might be anything above 700, 800, a million or whatever. Where do you guys stand on that? When In your mind, Ryan, when do you
1: start, when do, when do you call it a luxury property? Right now, I call it a million. Um, a few years ago, I would have put it in the 750s. Um, but just that's just here. So, again, going back to the, to, the, to the comparison between here and San Francisco, where everything costs about 5x of what it costs here, that, that's, just, that's just where the market is, in my opinion, from when I walk around and I look at it. And, and I'm seeing the majority of the products that are custom. They're a little bit more personalized. They require a little bit higher standard of construction. Uh, it's it's at that million-dollar million mark when it starts to actually flip into, cut, into luxury for me. Other than that, it, it bounces around either older homes or or track homes. And so those I don't really lump in okay. unless they've been seriously remodeled or they're in a, like a premier neighborhood that's kind of old-town historic. Yeah, I would agree. My whatever.
0: home has skyrocketed over the past years, and my home is now worth over a million dollars. But we're in a track neighborhood. I would never – I would never look at that and say I live in a luxury home, but I also see the way my kids take care of the home. So it's definitely not a luxury home. The basement definitely is not a luxury
1: (laughs) (laughs) home. What
2: about you, Justin? I'd have to agree with Ryan, too. I I feel like it depends on what side of town you're in. But uh, again, I would say track home, non-track home makes a big difference as far as luxury, unless you've gutted it and redone the whole thing, which you're seeing a lot in Mm -hmm. Arcadia area. Mm -hmm. Um, And in Litchfield, Wigwam area, they're doing that. Wigwam area too. Um, But yeah, I would say a million dollars is probably pretty standard.
0: All right, true story. Um, So when I got my real estate license uh, and I started selling real estate in 2003, there were very, it was a, it made the news when there was a million dollar listing on the MLS, Yeah. Because that, you know, think about in terms of today, right? And so I decided that uh, well I wanted to put in an offer on a million dollar home because I wanted to say hey I'm putting in offers on million dollar homes and uh, yep, I offered three hundred thousand for it but I was putting in offers on million dollar homes I was yes, I was I was it you, back you then are,
1: bro you are so special yeah. <laughs> all <laughs> right what do we know what do we need to know Ryan about buying luxury homes I th- I think that it does boil down to having an eye for things that are unique um, I I think that. When it comes, that's when that's when style really starts coming into play. So, uh, function is always going to be the baseline of everything. So, if you need to be in a certain area, or if you need to have it single level, or or equipped with certain things, if you are using it as a primary, um, but it's kind of having that essence rare, having those having those creative things that you just can't really duplicate unless you unless you have someone creative put it down on paper. Um, obviously, price point does play into it. You wouldn't want to put something super custom into a mi- into a middle of a, a dodgy neighborhood or something like that. So all those things play into it. Um, I do feel like there's there's better luxury out, uh, opportunities for uh, short term and mid term rentals than mm-hmm. there are for uh, some of the more be- like introductory type products. So especially here, most people. If they're going to either come with a large group or something like that, they're looking for a luxury home to do an Airbnb or VRBO uh, as opposed to doing something that's introductory. Because at that point, they'd rather just stay in a hotel, and I don't necessarily blame them. So, uh, depending on how you're looking at it, um, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something that you really want it to be an investment property, which is of course what we're always approaching everything on, not necessarily all of them for short term, but. Um, you're going to want to have something unique, something that's sassy, something that's going to be a little bit more risque, um, and I think that that's what's going to lend itself best on the resale side.
0: Well, people still have money, and people are still buying homes, and I want to put things into perspective of the luxury market. Um, as far as the MLS goes, uh, homes between 800000 and a $1 million are averaging 90 days on market. Okay, that means you know, that means the market is active in this price point. Homes that are above a million dollars, the average days on market are 118. I remember prior to COVID that was more like 150, 160, and $1 million dollar plus homes represent 13.78% of the available properties on the MLS.
1: I'd even like to look at the numbers that are above 3 million. Or maybe even five, because you you always make more work for me. Can you just, you know what? I did the work on this. Can you just let me have my moment? I'm sorry I stole those two and a half minutes from you, buddy. I know you'll never get that back. But um, like in Paradise Valley, whenever we're looking at properties that are below that five million, they fly off the shelves. Yeah. And then, and then once it's above five million, I'll see them camp. I'll, I'll see them camping on the market for over a year, not because they're overpriced. It's just. It just seems like those are the that's the that's the hot price for it. Whereas when you go into Peoria, um, which is still a fantastic area, uh, you're, you'll see them camping on if they're above three million. So, like that number does move, but you are talking about areas that, going back to what I was talking about earlier, they have very unique offerings. So that whether they have backed up to mountains or they have private streets or they have. Uh, basements, which basement, basements, elevators, are elevators, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be or, cool. or homes built out of adobe rather than out of stick builds. Uh, there's, list goes on as to what they, what different offerings are out there. Yeah,
0: and I, um, you know, I, I guess the point of the matter, what what I was trying to bring to the table with those stats is, I think there's this tendency. To assume that since we've seen a little bit of a slowdown of the market, that I'm just going to roll into Phoenix and lowball the heck out of all these uh, you know million dollar, multi million dollar properties, and these stats suggest something quite different.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the the thing that's interesting because we were talking about it before we came on air too is that historically we've seen a lot of cash buyers move into these in, into the luxury homes, yeah. and so they were interest rate proof. They didn't care if interest rates were at 7 or 17 because they were putting cash down, right? And then now, what are we seeing? We're actually starting to
2: see people take loans out on on those types of properties because we're seeing people use those funds or or keep their funds into investments, um, which is just wild. Uh, When rates were – for jumbo products were in the twos, you would see people pay cash or put a huge chunk down. Your
0: skill – as a former radio host and now a podcast host is just, it's grown exponentially. You just brought this whole topic full circle. I'm proud of you. We started Jumbo Loans and you ended with Jumbo Loans. That's being a professional, pal. Yeah. You know what I'm going to get you? What are you going to get me? A Jumbo, jumbo Jack. Jack. All right. <laughs> All right. If you guys walked into that one. You knew I was going to walk into that, didn't you? All right. If you got any questions, uh, we would love to help you. We would love to advise you. We'd love to help you build that strategy, whether you're looking at a Jumbo loan pro- product or wanting to uh, really dive into the luxury market here in the great state of Arizona. All you got to do is text the word JUMBO to 623-AZ-RECON. Again, text the word JUMBO to 623 Thank you for joining us on the Real Estate 401k Show. If you want more information on how to build wealth, click on the link or text us at 623-297-3266. That's 623-AZ-RECON.